Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Inspired Choices Network. You are listening to Financially Speaking, and I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And every week we get together and we tackle a financial topic, whether it is defining uh, what different kinds of mortgages exist, or whether it's defining uh, how to read your bank statement uh, and how much you're being uh, charged with bank fees, whether it's trying to understand what the difference is between different investments, uh, I know right about now you're hearing a lot of ads for RSPs, which is their Registered Retirement Savings Plan, uh, because uh, that is the last and only thing that you can do right now to affect your 2020 taxes that you're about to file. So we talk, uh, we've talked about that uh, just recently. So if you were, were here uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, we, we talked about the RSPs and, and tax planning and how we're getting ready for that adventure. Um, the, uh, the purpose of our show, actually, financially speaking, is to just talk about finances. And what does that mean? That means daily finances. Uh, I, I don't come here to try and confuse people or use big terms and metrics and math formulas. And you get, you get enough of that on a lot of other TV shows. You get a lot of that on a lot of other radio shows and podcasts and, and paper articles and uh, magazine articles, and you, you get a lot of that stuff when you watch um, a lot of different networks. The, 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 what I found over the years is um, there's a lot of confusion out there that doesn't need to be out there. What needs to be out there is a simple, plain language way for us to help each other to understand what your stuff is. And when I say what your stuff is, I mean, what is it that you have? What is it that you need to understand for your finances? What is it that um, your cash flow looks like? What does your expenses look like? What does your retirement look like? Uh, are you planning on retiring? Um, when are you planning on retiring? What are you gonna do, not just financially, but physically? What are you gonna do emotionally? How is that gonna affect you? Uh, there's a lot of things that, that go into making plans, not just in retirement, but where you're going to go on vacation, where your kids are going to go to school, if they're going to go to school, what kind of school they're going to go to, um, university, post-secondary, private schools. Um, these are things that come down to needing some money. And the show came about because uh, I spent a lot of time with different friends and, you know, I have some really sharp uh, well-educated friends that uh, have absolutely no way that they couldn't understand their stuff. They have the ability to do it. They have the capacity, that's for sure. And I just found that a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of women, frankly, were either a little bit intimidated by their um, finances, or they were intimidated by the people handling their finances. And I mean, we're mostly a male-dominated industry in finance, that's for sure. Obviously, it's like any other industry. There's lots of women being added in and, and it's growing and that's fantastic. And I just found that uh, of my friends that were married, the husband looked after the money and the financial side most of the time. And I started, oh gosh, like a dozen or so years ago, at least, um, 
we started an investment club very informally in my house. So we get together and it's like a book club slash social, social club. And it was our finance meeting and we would tackle a topic every, every month. And then people would leave and they might have homework. So say for instance, you, your homework might be to figure out last time your will was updated or to figure out if you knew what kind of mortgage you had, or maybe you needed to figure out, um, what kind of investments you had or where they even were because a lot of time people don't know and from that we just it grew and uh it grew out of my my living room quite honestly and uh, i took a bit of a hiatus from it because i got overwhelmed with uh, work as we were growing in our business and uh, as a licensed advisor and i have a finance practice where we do bookkeeping and incorporations and and all that came from a need that I know people personally had. So it wasn't like one day I woke up and said, gosh, I really like finance. I'm just going to go out and start a finance company. It came about fairly quickly on this exact premise that there's a lot of people out there that need help with finance. And and I'm not going to lie. I was a little frustrated because I, I didn't think that the industry was giving the same help that I think it should to a lot of people. And my, my personal opinion is there's a lot of good advisors out there. There's a lot of great tools out there. Uh, there's a lot of great resources, that's for sure. They're just not always that accessible or obvious. And I found that uh, for the most part, they made it sound complicated. And, and, and I frankly don't know why, because uh, it doesn't matter what your neighbor does. And I've said this on every show. It doesn't matter what your neighbor does, what your cousin does, what your sibling does. It doesn't matter. What matters is what you do and you understanding your stuff. And you definitely, every single person out there can understand their their personal finances. They absolutely can understand and read their statements. They absolutely can understand what their future is going to look like by what they want it to look like, by what they plan for. Um, you might not understand your neighbors. And and here's the, the reality of it. And this is what I used to tell um well, that's what I tell everybody, actually. <laughs> it's no secret. Anybody that knows me or heard the show, I tell everybody this. Um, you're never going to know what your neighbor knows about their stuff. You're never going to know what your cousin or your siblings, because people just aren't programmed that way, where they share all their financial information to you. And it confuses people. And then we have this new social media platform that all across the board that we have these different tools of social media. And people post all these great and wonderful photos of all these spectacular lifestyles that you think they're living, but nobody posts their balance sheets or their their um, bank books, if you will. Nobody posts their uh, transaction history from their bank accounts. Nobody's posting their inv investment. I'm certainly saying I'm not saying to go do that. That would be a little bit strange. But uh, all of a sudden we go to Facebook and everybody's got their investment accounts up on there. But uh, nobody posts that because it's it's private. It's personal as it should be. And that's why you're never going to know what your neighbor's doing. So when your neighbor drives up in a brand new car, or if your neighbor's installing a pool or putting up a new fence or buying another toy, like a snowmobile, a ski-doo, a jet ski, I don't know, whatever, uh, trailer, you see, the only thing you see is the end product. That's all you see. You don't see how they did it. You don't see how they paid for it. You don't see if they paid for it. You don't see their mortgage. You just see their house and you might see them doing an addition or renovations, but you don't see if it's paid for. And that's the part where I think everybody, we all get caught up in that whole keeping up with the Joneses concept. And that's a little bit really how this whole show came about, because I, I believe that 
we should understand our own finances. Absolutely. And I, and I hundred percent, without a doubt, I don't care who it is out there. You can understand it. There is not one question in my mind that you can't understand your finances. And there's also no question in my mind that you can't have the life that you want and have the lifestyle that you want and have the retirement that you want. If you make a plan for it, um, that a hundred percent, I believe that the part that I see every day is people get in their own way because they get a little bit sidetracked with, you know, my neighbor just bought a trailer or my neighbor just bought a motor home or putting in a pool. And I don't understand how come I can't afford it. And we don't know the neighbor's situation. So people get caught up in this whole keeping up with the Joneses. And next thing you know, you're in debt, but your neighbor's thinking, well, Hey, my neighbor, and now you're the new neighbor, you're the neighbor they're talking about, just bought a new car, just put in a pool or, or just put a new deck on their house or whatever. They just did some renovations. So now they're keeping it. And it's just a snowball. We all just, you know, keep growing out of control because we're trying to keep up with our neighbors. And, and I, I truly think that, and this is the whole premise of the show is understand your own stuff. Just understand your finances, be happy for your neighbors, your sibling, your cousin, your, you know, your friends, your relatives, long distance, doesn't matter. The people you see on Facebook, your Facebook friends, <laughs> um, maybe just be happy for them if it's working out for them. And that's all when you see that information or you see a new car or you see any pictures of the fancy vacations, just be happy for them that they can do it. And then instead of being thinking jealous or thinking you have to do the same thing and post the same pictures, just think, you know, if that's something you're interested in, how do I do that? And how do I make that work? And then start looking at your own financial plan. And a financial plan doesn't have to be super complicated either. Um, if you're doing it yourself, uh, you just simply grab a piece of paper or maybe a coil book and keep your notes in it and write down your cash coming in and your cash going out. And you make sure that the cash coming in is a bigger number than the cash going out. That's the first step uh, of your analysis. But the very first step is to say you want to do it. And once you say, hey, I want to I know my stuff and I want to understand my stuff, then that's the first step to really being truly successful. And then just say, okay, well, now I need to figure out how much money I have coming into my house and how much money I have going out of my house and start to keep track of it. That's it. And then once you keep track of it, you're going to see, hey, whoa, money going out is more than the money coming in. That's a problem. And, or you're going to say, hey, I have more money coming in than I have going out. And I'm, I'm also spending money on stuff that I don't really need. I didn't realize I spent that much money on fast food or takeout or coffee or whatever the case is. Um, and then once you start to look at that, you're like, I can just make small changes, very small changes, still have a great life and, and enjoy my lifestyle, but I can make adjustments. And that financial adjustment is something that is a compound effect where a little bit today and a little bit tomorrow and a little bit the next day and a little bit next week and a little bit next month adds up to a big number after several years, because you're now compounding the effect of uh, a couple dollars here, adding a couple dollars here, a couple dollars here, add a little bit of interest because now it's invested. And geez, next thing you know, that little number became a really nice number. And it's really that simple. And uh, the show came about, like I said, because we started an investment club in my living room with some of my girlfriends that uh, we just wanted to talk about finances. And from that, I have since started the investment, I've, I've transitioned it, I guess you'd say, I've transitioned it to online and we've just redone our website 
So we're launching, uh, we're relaunching, I guess, our uh, investment club, Women Wise. And it stands for, uh, Wise stands for um, the Women's Investment and Social Exchange. And we just talk about different financial concepts that are everyday topics. We don't get into buying certain stocks or investing in specific, you know, commodities or Bitcoin or anything like that. We do talk about it, of course, we talk about it, but we don't give advice to say, hey, you should put your money here. We just, we answer questions, we help each other. Um, I post articles that are important, especially, you know, like when your taxes are due, (laughs) stuff like that. So I'll share that kind of information. Um, And then we're just launching a new Q&A. So every month we'll have a live Q&A. So I'll answer specific questions from people. The only thing I don't tell you, and, and it's not because I... I don't want to share it. It's I, I can't tell you what to invest your money in when I haven't seen the whole picture. You, you, you don't you can't call the doctor and say, I have a, a sore on my foot. Tell me what to do without them asking a lot more questions and seeing more of your health background and what medication are you allergic to? And do you have a pre-existing health condition? And so they're not going to prescribe something the same way. I, I can't do a good job for someone if they say, hey, where should I put my money? <laughs> well, that that's a that's a question that requires a lot more answers too. So other than that, we, we tackle pretty much everything on the financial question side. And um, I just share that with you because I want you to know, this is how the show started. This is not a show that, that came about because, um, you know, we needed to plug a spot on the network. It was, we had a lot of people that that were confused. I see it every day in my practice. I have questions. I get a lot of the same questions every day. Uh, which are I'm so grateful I get them because that means people are thinking about their their uh, investments and their cash flow and their savings and their future, and uh, I think it's wonderful because I I do believe and I've said this before I'll say it again many 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 more times I truly think that if we all got a hold of our finances and we were able to really be happy and 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 uh, comfortable with the plan that we have and we're on track and everybody's in a good financial position then we're able to help each other more so we lift each other up instead of people being dragged down because of their financial um, stress so it truly truly in my mind would make the world a better place if we all had a solid grasp of our finances and had a good solid plan now, don't think that means that you look at a plan once and, and you know, we do this really hard project one time and it's over. It's not hard. It's not complicated. It's something that's a living document or in a living plan where we readjust it. You know, it makes sense. You know, we buy a new house or we have more children or the kids leave the house or they go off to school or we get a new job or we get a raise. All these things affect our plan. So we make the modifications. And once you have it in place, those little modifications, even losing a job, you're planning for it because you have a savings. And we're going to talk about that tonight because tonight I want to talk about small business. And two things are uh, very important to me personally. One is people having a, a, and women really understanding and having a solid comfort level of understanding their finances. And the second one is small business. I grew up in a family business. I thought it was normal growing up. Everybody did that. We all worked seven days a week and, you know, double digit hours during the day. Like it just seemed normal. And uh, apparently that's not the case. Not everybody grew up in a family business. 
but you you learn these things as you get older. You start to realize that um, there's a lot there's a lot to a family business. And then we take and most small businesses. When I talk about when you hear people talk about small business, they're typically family owned. But here's the thing: every single business out there started as a small business. Everyone, Microsoft, Amazon, Walmart, Target, McDonald's. Every single business started out as a small business and their plan was different than other small businesses. And that's when they decided to grow, to franchise, to become publicly traded, whatever the case. But every single business started out as a small business. So tonight I want to talk a little bit about small businesses and how important they are because most of you out there are working for a small business or family business. And most small businesses started out with family. So we're going to take our first break tonight and then we'll come back and I'm going to share some, some hopefully <laughs> insight into a family business or small business. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Inspired Choices Network. This is Financially Speaking and I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and we'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and tonight we're going to talk about small business, and family and small business is usually put together like that, uh, so when you talk about small business, a lot of times you are talking about family business, and family business a lot of times are small businesses, so I thought tonight we would tackle a little bit about small business, and then uh, I thought, you know, we should talk about small business because they get talked about an awful lot in the press and it doesn't always have a great definition or a great idea really when you think about it of what is a small business 
And what do they do and why, why do they matter? <laughs> Frankly, it doesn't define it very well, but you hear an awful lot of talk about small businesses. And uh, it's, so I'll tell you, it's a little bit, um, a little bit of a, a, a soft spot for me when I talk to you about small business and family business, because that's where I came from. And I have my own business and we're considered a small business too. Um, and I'll tell you why, because we're gonna talk about definitions, but uh, I think it's really important that we start to understand that there's so much, especially now with this pandemic and small business, and there's a lot of small business and small business talk and all this stuff is in the press. And I find a lot of it doesn't really get defined. And then I also find, which is a little bit of an irritant to me, quite honestly, that we get used as the excuse. So the small business gets used as the excuse to do stimulus and spend more money. And I'm not saying they're not needing it. That's for sure. And I'm going to talk about that. But I find on a political side, uh, politicians sometimes use us as an excuse to get in, to get elected and then to do different programs. And at the end of the day, it always comes down on the small business. So when minimum wage goes up or when minimum wage gets affected in any way, shape or form, typically people who are employing minimum wage jobs are small businesses because there are no government jobs that pay minimum wage. And there's a lot of jobs in public publicly traded companies that aren't minimum wage users, but the minimum wage typically falls on small business. So when we think about it, we think when you talk, when, when you hear these things in the, the, the news about changes to small biz, to, to minimum wage or changes to property taxes or changes to the business tax or anything like that, I always think that's going to come down on the small business because it is. And that's just the reality of it. So when we talk about small business needing relief, especially during this pandemic, there's a lot of small businesses. I'm going to share some of the stats with you. Um, there is a lot of pain out there because most of us are working for small businesses. And that is why there is so much pain because we are a, a huge part of the economy that people don't seem to understand necessarily. And that's why I thought I'd just share a little spotlight on it. And then I thought, okay, let's talk about small business. But you know what? This really should be a series. And I'm going to bring on tonight, I'm going to talk to you about small business and a little bit about mine. And then I'm going to bring on some guests over the next few weeks that are small business owners. And they can share different kinds of businesses, different sectors, different industries. And they can share a little bit about how they get started. Getting started in business is... Um, Sometimes an accident, actually, <laughs> and sometimes it's deliberate, and a lot of times it doesn't go exactly as planned, and a lot of times we make corrections or we have a plan one way, and then next thing you know, we're shifting to another, in another direction. So uh, it's exciting, and it's scary, and sometimes terrifying, actually, depending on who you are and, and who you're in business with and how you're starting and when you're starting because I know a lot of businesses that just started last March and March was when they did the first shutdown with the pandemic, uh, the, the changes in the world, which was uh, extremely scary for a lot of people that started their business in March. Um, it was scary for a lot of reasons. I mean, you're starting a business, you're taking, you've just taken on debt to typically to start a business. 
and you can't open. And you probably don't qualify for the government programs. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that. And that is the, uh, the fear of small business. It's also the motivation for small business and the excitement for small business because there is a lot of moving parts. And it is very exciting. It can be very exciting. I, I find it, um, well, I find it is just awesome. I think it's great. I, I'm a huge fan of people who start businesses. I'm a huge fan of the entrepreneur. I, I'm in awe of a lot of them and how they have adjusted and pivoted their business over the last 12 months. And I'm, I'm just always so impressed because they are resilient and they're strong and they're scared and they are panicked and they plow through. And I think it's just a fascinating type of person that gets into business. So that's what we're going to do for the next few weeks. We're going to talk about small business. So if you have questions or if you are a small business and you want to chime in and, and even make an appearance, please let me know. You're always welcome to email or call into the network or just join us in the chat room on Monday Night Live. Um, but even after it's uh, not live, we're posted um, over 50, 55 platforms now. Plus we're on obviously video. So we're on the Bing TV and you are welcome to comment and, and I, I usually get them. So I'll be able to get back to you, but I'm, I'm happy to really check in with anybody that has uh, some questions or, oh yeah, it's over 200, sorry. Thanks, Kim. I, uh, <laughs> I always forget with TV. That's right, we just, another small business is the Inspired Choices Network and our leader, Christine, and she has, done a phenomenal job with um, adding and expanding and pivoting and, and Hey, guess what? There's still spots available. So if you're out there and you're thinking, well, geez, I am really good at a particular topic thing, then call Christine and, or reach out to the network because uh, that's, it's all made up of small business people. And we share all kinds of different insights and expertise and, and there's always more out there for us to learn and for people to learn and, and for us to share with. So uh, share your gift. It's uh, it's helpful. It's helpful to a lot of people. Um, so what is small business? When I say small business, what do you think of? You think of like one or two people working in the business. You think of uh, them selling, you know, one product or maybe one service. But I'm going to give you what, what in, has been accepted around the world economically as small business. And what does that mean to be in business? So the definition of a small business, and there's a, there's a lot of different ones that you can read for sure, but uh, you know, Industry Canada sets it up, the Canadian Bankers Association, everybody's got a different definition, but we'll go through some of the key definitions because I think it's important to just get an idea of what it is that we're talking about. So the Canadian Bankers Association, they say, that they don't look at the number of employees when it comes to small business. And they instead focus on the credit limits that businesses have. So to them, a small business is a company that has an authorized credit limit of half a million or less. So if you have a credit limit, either a line of credit, loans, whatever, for $500,000 or less, then you're a small business. If you have between 500,000 and a million dollars, they consider you a medium-sized business. And a large business is a credit limit over a million dollars. Now, Export Development, the Export Development Corporation, they look specifically at exporters. 
So these are all, this is, I think it's fascinating because there's, you'd think small business is just a sweeping term that everybody uses, but there's a lot to it. Um, they look at, uh, they don't just judge the size of the company based on the revenue generated, but from import or export, sorry, that's what they're looking at. So under this standard, a small exporter is one with less than a million dollars of export sales. So similar to the Canadian Banks Association, but they're just looking at export. Canada Small Business Financing Program. Um, they are run by Industry Canada. It's government uh, uh, program in Canada. And they use a different definition. They say the size of the business is the amount of employees that they have, or sorry, the amount of revenue that they have. So that's what they look at um, for Industry Canada is the, the amount of revenue that they have. Um, what am I missing? The one. So it's based on, and then there's another definition with the Industry Canada, which is based on the number of employees. So service-based businesses are uh, between five and 50 employees and companies that have over this number, over 50, but under 500 are medium-sized and companies over 500 are their definition of large businesses. So when you think about it, um, you know, 500,000 in credit limit with the Canadian Bankers Association or um, with Industry Canada for under 50 employees, that's a small business. Now, when you think about that, there's a lot of businesses out there who uh, have some pretty good sized number of, you know, they got 20, 30, that's a lot of employees to have. So why do they, why does it matter to us about small business? Well, I mentioned before, because a lot of us, probably most of us work for a small business or are a small business, but what does small business do for the economy? What's, what's the value when you think about it? Well, they create jobs. That's a big one. That's a huge one. That's number one. They create jobs and they create jobs all the time. They are the largest employer in Canada, small businesses. Small businesses have a big impact on the job market. And when you think of large companies, you think of, oh, well, there's a thousand people that work there. Well, take a thousand small businesses that have three people. That's even bigger. And that's how I always look at it when they talk about these big companies. But when I think of small companies, well, collectively, we're a mighty, mighty force. Um, the fact, uh, so small and medium-sized enterprises, this is where it's kind of cool when you think about it. Give nine out of 10 Canadians in the private sector their job. So these are, these are not counting government jobs, but you are talking in the private sector, nine out of 10 jobs are with a small business. And small businesses alone provided 70% of the jobs in Canada. That's huge. And this is similar around the world. Um, in first world countries, like uh, obviously it's a little bit different in uh, more of a communist state, but... <clears throat> And uh, then what else do we do? Well, small businesses, they improve the local communities. There's over a million small businesses in Canada. I'm just giving you Canada stats tonight. And there's over a million of them. And those money, the money in those businesses, uh, they don't just have an impact on the country, but they pay municipal taxes. So think of how important they are to your local municipality. And that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to support your community. They make a significant portion of the gross domestic product. So the vast majority of businesses in Canada are small and medium sized, like I just mentioned. They make up 99% of the businesses in the country. Like that's huge. And these businesses also provide over a third of gross domestic product. 
which is that makes up to 30% of the province, province's GDP. So there's a lot of money, a lot of money generated by small business. They fuel innovation, small businesses. There's over 800,000 Canadians run small businesses, 800,000 people that you know, probably. Uh, it's partly because Canada, according to the World Bank, is the third easiest country to start a business. Pretty cool, huh? All these businesses increase the country's innovation. So entrepreneurs come up with new product ideas, new service ideas, new technology ideas, um, different ways to work the same product or service that we already have, just make it more efficient. So the level of innovation is, is huge. And the other cool thing about small business, a key point, I guess, or if you will, is they can grow. So just because it's small today, like I mentioned before, they all start, we all start as a small business, McDonald's, Walmart, doesn't matter. Because it's small today doesn't mean it's going to be small tomorrow. Look what Amazon's done in less than 30 years. So there's always opportunity to grow if you want it in a small business. And that growth continues to help the economy and it grows into larger companies and it keeps us competitive on a global stage. So that's who small business is. That's what small business is. That's who we are. Um, that's who our country is. That's who the United States is. That's that's who we are on a global, you know, almost a global scale. So I'm going to take our second break tonight and then we're going to come back and I'll talk a little bit more about how small businesses have been impacted by COVID and this pandemic. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about why, why we're important in small business, why you're all important. <clears throat> so don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Inspired Choices Network. This is Financially Speaking. I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspirechoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. Tonight, we're talking about uh, one of my favorite topics, 
um, one of the things that I'm probably most passionate about or or most um, defensive about or possessive of or passionate, whatever the word is that you want to use. Um, but I have a very, very strong feeling for small business and small business people. And I think it's really important that we just shared, share a little bit about who they are and what they do, because we all know them. We all know people in business. We all know people who've been in business. And with this pandemic, I wanted to share a little bit about what's been happening with small business. So they did a survey and I'm, I'm just giving you Canadian information because uh, that's where I am in Canada, but the numbers are very similar in the United States, Australia, stuff like that. Um, just to share with you a little bit. Uh, there was a survey of, of 10,969 Canadian small businesses and the Canadian Federation of Independent Business did this, which is an organization that in Canada is meant to support uh, small businesses and family businesses and answer questions about legislation because the reality of small business is there's not typically a legal department, an accounting department, a marketing department, like big companies like Disney <clears throat> or Amazon or any any big companies like that. Um, small businesses usually start with an individual, maybe a brother and a sister or two best friends or husband and wife or uh, partners, um, whatever the case is, could be two buddies, two cousins, it doesn't matter, it, or it could be somebody independently. But usually um, it starts with this idea that they have or this passion that they have about a particular product or service. And then as the business grows, there once you're in business, you're expected to you're you're expected to know what your legal requirements are, what your human resource requirements are when you hire people. Um, you're expected to know how to run payroll, how to do the proper deductions, how to do your proper bookkeeping. Uh, you're expected to know how to do your own marketing and your own advertising and how you set up a system for your office to run. If you have an office, when do you get an office? When do you incorporate? These are all things that that there's no manual for that says, hey, you're going into business, here you go, here's your manual. It doesn't happen like that. So a lot of it in small business is trial and error. And everyone that I know that has been successful and grown their business, they or even if they haven't been successful and they've had some opportunities that didn't work out quite so well, uh, they learn more from the failures than they did any of the successes. So you'll learn a lot if you go into business. If you're in business, you're thinking, I learned more than I thought I was going to learn, I'm sure. So these are the good news is you're always learning when you're in business. Um, the scary part is sometimes you don't know who to talk to. Well, one of these, so the Canadian Federation of Independent Business is one of those associations. It's like a chamber of commerce. Um, they, they have information that's supposed to be available, support small business. That's the idea. So anyway, they did a survey and they said that in their survey, it found that 22% of small businesses had their revenue drop to zero dollars during the pandemic, zero. 22% out of 90 or 10,969 businesses dropped to zero, had no income, no revenue. And well, and then half are confident that their business will survive. Now, this was last when the pandemic started last April or last March when they shut us down. In April, they did the survey. Half of them thought they would survive to May of last year. That's it. That's scary. Um, a lot of them are hoping that uh, they could get back to work and they could just stay afloat. But the small businesses are uh, 
I'd mentioned they're the biggest employer. They're a huge part of the economic cycle here in Canada and the United States. Um, and the government introduced different programs with this COVID pandemic um, situation that they're trying to get under control. So I'm talking about from an economics point of view. They introduced different programs. So they had a wage subsidy, which offered 75% of the wages for up to 12 weeks. And this was for businesses that either lost 15% of their revenue between March 15th and April 11th, 30% between April 12th and May 9th, or 30% between May 10th and June 6th. That's a lot of revenue to lose when you're a small business. Remember, we said that a small business is probably somebody with under a million dollars in sales and or 500,000 in credit, however we want to look at it. But we're not, um, they're not huge. A lot of small businesses are not huge, huge businesses. And when you think of it, if, if you have sales that are 500,000, you think, wow, that's a lot of money. That's just your gross sales. That hasn't paid for your rent or your taxes or your utilities or your insurance or the cost of goods or your labor. It hasn't paid for any office supplies. It hasn't paid for your internet connection, your phone. There's a lot of expenses that come out. Most people, um, when they get into business, are surprised at how much they have. Every stamp you have to buy, every envelope, every pen, everything that you buy has to be accounted for as an expense in your business. So there's a lot of um, a lot of pain that small businesses have felt. And I, I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of people that weren't in business before March, they started their business or they started, they, they had started their business and they were going to open. And next thing you know, they can't open. So that's very, very scary. So the impact of COVID has been huge. To give you an idea that um, Stats Canada looked at, 32% of businesses with 500 or more employees reported a decline of 20% or more. So 32% of the businesses that have less than 500 employees said they've lost 20% in their revenue sales. This figure almost doubled for small businesses, where nearly 60% of those with one to four employees had nearly 50 had um, nearly 56% of them with five to 19 employees reported declines of 20%. So that's huge. 60% of the small businesses that have only one to four employees to lose 20% of your sales. That is huge. And layoffs, small businesses with less than 100 employees that laid off at least one employee were more likely to have laid off more than 80% of their workforce. That is some scary numbers. So nationally, you have 41% of businesses that reported they laid off their staff. And of those businesses that laid off at least one employee, 45% of them laid off 80% or more of their workforce. Like that's almost half of the businesses had to lay off almost 80% of their workforce. To me, these numbers just blew my mind. So 47% of small businesses with five to 19 employees that laid off at least one person, they laid off 80% or more of their staff. And in comparison, 18% of businesses with over 500 employees, which is what we're considering a large corporation, large business. Uh, and nearly 30% of the businesses with 100, remember medium size uh, or more employees at the 499, 100 to 499 is what we're using as our medium sized employee uh, companies. They laid off, if they laid off one, they also laid off 80% or more of their staff. 
It's incredible. So these are some of the things that are happening. This is some of the impact that something like COVID is having on these small businesses. It's, it's affecting all the businesses, make no mistake, but the small business is what we're focusing on. So when we talk about credit for them, small businesses are more likely to request credit from financial institutions to cover costs for operating during COVID. And 40% of small businesses with five to 19 employees reported that they requested credit from a financial institution, while nearly 31% of small businesses with 20 to 99 employees requested financial support. And these types of small businesses were most likely to request credit to cover operating costs due to the revenue shortfall, which is losing that 20%. They just needed it to pay their rent. So then they came up with a rent program. Well, the first time around, the tenant, the landlord had to apply for it and not the tenant. Not all landlords did. It was an underutilized program. So they adjusted it and came out in the fall with the rent uh, relief program where the tenant can apply themselves. So some of the landlords, a lot of them did some rent deferrals. Well, here's the thing with a deferral. It doesn't mean you're not paying it. So you lose 20% of your sales, but you still have the same number of expenses. You're just paying them a little bit later. So the pain I predict and I believe that's going to be happening with our small businesses is going to be um, ongoing for a few years because you've deferred a lot of expenses. So those are the businesses that survive, which scares me and the numbers on how many, when I said almost half of them, uh, were hoping to still be open. Like those are the ones that if they're still here, they're still going to be in a extraordinary amount of debt. So there were some other programs that the, the government Canada put together. Um, they had a $40,000 uh, Canadian emergency business account where you got, if you pay it back by December, 2022, then they forgive $10,000. So basically you pay back 30,000, you get to keep 10. Um, and then they expanded that and add another 20,000. They said the same thing. So now out of that 60 that you have, if you pay 40 back in December, 2022, and you get to keep the, the, the other 20s forgiven as a grant. Um, they've just come out with a new uh, uh, small business relief plan where you can get between 10 and 20,000 in grant. Um, so these programs are, are certainly something that the, the businesses need help with. And I know the same thing is going on in the United States because I see it every day where they're talking about the stimulus packages and, and so on. Um, but I'm going to take my last break of the night because if I don't, I just go on and on and on. <laughs> so... I will take my last break and we'll come back and we'll wrap up our conversation about small business. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network and we'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. 
To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspireChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookKeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And uh, tonight we're tackling one of my favorite topics is uh, family and small business. Uh, I think it's one of the scariest topics and I think it's one of the most exciting topics. And it's an area that I've spent my whole life uh, right from when I was very little. And uh, one of the businesses that my, my family businesses is in car washes. And when I was old enough to count to four, I used to get to help stack the quarters to count my mom and da- help my mom and dad. Um, with the business. So to me, I've always had uh, a very strong passion for family and small business, because I know not just the statistics of, uh, you know, being the biggest employer and a huge part of GDP and all this stuff. I get all that. But I think from a personal point of view, we all know people in family and small businesses. So tonight, I wanted to highlight the importance of the family and small business on our economy and the impact that COVID has had on them. And I know there has been, especially where I am, there has been a huge campaign, if you will. And I've seen a lot of it on Facebook on supporting local and supporting local. And I think it's great. I do. I think it's great. I think um, it's such a great idea because these are our friends and family and neighbors and cousins and and our friends, brothers and sisters, like these are all people that we know in our community. And these are the people that we may not realized, may not have realized maybe until tonight or maybe until this pandemic, I don't know, but, uh, or maybe we just assumed it, but we weren't really sure. We have the biggest impact on our communities. And I think we don't get, we weren't getting, maybe the small business wasn't getting the attention because there's a lot bigger marketing dollars for the big companies. So you have franchises and and I'm not saying that the franchise owner is not a small business on its own too, because they are, but uh, the small businesses that I'm talking about are the ones that we all know the, you know, the local jeweler or the local automotive shop or local car wash or whatever the case is Um, your local bookkeeper. You know, I have my own small business and and operation that we have here in finance, but um, maybe we didn't realize the impact that we collectively as a small business community have on our local municipalities and then in effect on the country at large. And I think it's important that we realize it's not just a, oh, they just employ two people or whatever. Collectively, we employ a lot of people. And this is why COVID has had such a a scary impact because there's a lot of businesses that uh, every time I hear about them, it's heartbreaking to hear that they're shutting down and there's places in Toronto that have been in business for 50 years that aren't reopening on, you know, downtown Toronto. And I, I think it's, it's very scary and very tragic. And I, I love that we're doing stuff to support small business and, you know, doing the takeout and this curbside pickup when they, because they can't open or be on operation. And I just hope that we remember even after everything gets reopened and, and however this pandemic plays out, whether it's when everybody's vaccinated or when there is um, some way to control it or there are cure, I don't know how, but when it does play out, I hope we remember these small businesses because they went a very long time 
without revenue or their revenue decreased more than 20%. That is a huge amount of money. And if you think what would happen if your income decreased by 20%, it's, a, it's an impact. And when they are laying off up to 80% of their workforce, it's an impact. It's an impact on you. It's an impact on me. It's an impact on the community. And I hope we continue to support them even after we're reopened and 100% available to go back and, and, and have dinners and lunches with our friends and family and, and shop in all the stores that, um, whether it's clothing or jewelry or shoes or, or hardware or whatever the case is, um, I hope we remember that small business, just because we're back open to 100% availability, uh, doesn't mean they're back up to 100% capacity or financial uh, status. Uh, a lot of businesses, small businesses, a lot of businesses in general, but small businesses in particular I'm talking about, have taken on debt that they wouldn't otherwise have had to take on. And if you think about your own household, if your household collectively brings in $100,000 and you had to take on an extra $40,000, dollars $60,000 worth of debt, this is a significant amount of money. And there's a lot of businesses that are going to be working very hard, and they still are, trying to pivot and come back and reinvent themselves and still stay in business while they're not allowed to be open. So I, I guess that's my, my plea is that we continue to remember that even after rope, and we still continue to support them and, and eat in their restaurants and buy their takeout or uh, buy their products and uh, services that they have. Because a lot of companies that are service companies, like cleaning companies and uh, driver training companies, uh, they're small businesses that literally couldn't be open at all. So it's not even like they were reduced, they were 100% shut down. Uh, spas, clinics, hair salons, um, all are, you know, you have friends that are hairdressers our stylists, uh, barbers, they all shut down. So hopefully we'll remember that we can continue to support them. Uh, I know uh, we'll talk more about business in general. I'm going to have some, some fantastic small business people on that have different perspectives, different industries, and we'll just continue our conversation because it's, it's, a, it's a big one and it's important. Hopefully that helps a little bit. We'll be back again next week with one of our guests and I'm, Please share questions, call in, ask questions. Uh, if you want to hear a special topic, let me know because I'm always happy to talk finance and make it something that we can use on a daily basis in our own families. So we'll be right back next week, same place, same time. And wishing you all the very, very best in financial success. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.